Hello! This is Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons. In this episode, I interviewed my friend Ali, who wrote some really interesting stuff on the topic of Orientalism and Star Wars. So, this episode, you'll hear him talk about his paper and his thoughts about the matter. He knows way more about Orientalism than I do, but as an avid Star Wars fan, I thought it would be fun to talk with him and hear what he has to say. Hope you enjoy. So hi, before we get started with Orientalism I in Star Wars, we're going <laughs> to ask you a few questions. So what is your, your name and your pronouns, if you care to share? For sure, for sure. Super excited to be on the show, and thank you for having me. Um, my name is Ali Sadiq. I use uh, he, him pronouns, and yeah, I am from Vassar, fellow Vassar. <laughs> student <laughs> and all the vassar people yeah <laughs> um that's i mean that's the majority of our guests because we went there that makes so, sense yeah <laughs> yes okay what is your favorite book we have like a few generic because we're a creative writing podcast like <laughs> a few generic oh. like book story questions wow okay uh this is tough i i don't know i i don't know if like I have a favorite book. I've read a lot of good books, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember like when I was younger, like I just fell in love with the Hunger Games series, which I know is very basic, but Ooh. it sparked like my interest into like reading and stuff. And so I guess I would have to go with like the Hunger Games. <laughs> it's an okay one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strong thoughts. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good. I hated it. Because I think I was in like eighth grade when the movies were coming out, and the, the oh. character's name is Peta. Oh yeah, so people yeah, would call right. me Peta, and I was just like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's very fair. So nothing against the the book, just everything against people mm. who did that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite author? Favorite author. Hmm. I mean, I, uh, so there is an Arabic author called Nagib Mahfouz. He's like kind of like the pride of Egyptians because he like won a Nobel Prize. And I mean, his, his books are really interesting. Like they're like very descriptive of old like Egyptian time that's passed. But I just kind of grew up like with the books and with him like all around. So I guess like I am very fond of like Nagib Mahfouz. I don't know if like I, he would be my favorite though, but maybe my fondest author. <laughs> awesome sounds good um three more questions mm -hmm. so this one's going to be kind of open-ended for you just like what's a fun fact about about you okay fun fact wow yeah this is hard <laughs> this is harder than i thought <laughs> but yeah i mean i guess a fun fact about me is i really like to go like 
free diving in the Red Sea. Like I take every opportunity I can when I'm in Egypt to go to the Red Sea and just kind of like snorkel or free dive. Like, I mean, if, if there's an opportunity to scuba dive, that's cool. But like, usually there's a lot of like logistics there. So I just like go free diving and the Red Sea is really nice because there aren't a lot of waves too. So like, you don't have to be that good of a swimmer or that well experienced to like kind of see a bunch of like really cool fish and corals. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's kind of a fun fact about me. I like to free dive. <laughs> Gosh, I want to, I did not realize that about you. I did not think you were really? a water person. We will talk about this uh, later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So next we, we have this question, like, why do you like writing and stories? I mean, I don't know if how much the writing part might apply, but just like stories in general, like. Yeah, I think uh, stories are like super important. Like ever since we're young, we're like, oh, we want to listen to the stories that our parents are saying like for bedtime stories or whatever. And even now, like when we like, get together we want to like hear the stories of one another of like oh what did you do or what did you not do I mean I guess that's like uh, more like you know nonfiction, but still like I feel like stories is just like what keeps us like going you know like the end like it, as if kind of if you read the essay I wrote in a specific way it is like stories that kind of shape our world to a certain extent too you know like uh, I don't want to like get, get into orientalism too quickly before defining it but there is a way where like that like specific like production of a story and like the specification of like what is considered to be good or evil will impact like the way we interact with our world so I that's why I think stories can be very powerful whether it's like one way or the other <laughs> it was a very insightful answer and now to to an equally insightful and important question mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your favorite dragon <laughs> because oh. our podcast is called Deter- determination deliberation and dragons yeah like we need to we need to ask <laughs> oh man that, that's i don't know if i know a lot of dragons that's, you that's, can do that's i had bad. someone like describe a type of dragon so you can oh. do like a fictional dragon or like something that's in like an actual mythology whatever yeah, I mean, however you want to interpret this yeah no i mean i, I I've, I've seen how to train your dragon i think like you know i, I don't know like for me though growing up like the coolest dragon in my mind is just like you know a dragon like do you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? or you know, i'm, you I'm aware about... of some of the i don't know if i can name them but like i know some of them if you name them i might remember yeah i mean like there's like blue eyes white dragon and red eyes black dragon and those kind of dragons i mean i, yeah. I was always a big fan of like uh, red eyes even though it's like blue eyes is supposed to be like the stronger card the one that all the it's a stronger dragon to always like kind of wins but I don't know, I guess I kind of just like rooting for the underdog. And so red eyes, black dragon, you know, it's not like as pretty as the blue eyes, white dragon, but it was still like super, like it, w- it would always catch like the opponent off guard. So I guess that would be my favorite dragon. That's really cool. Yeah, those dragons, I I think I have an idea of like what they look like. And mm-hmm. I think they were really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I need to double check though now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but that was wonderful. Now that you have been successfully interrogated, we want to (laughs) ask you about Star Wars and Orientalism. So basically, the reason why we're having Ali on this episode is because at Vassar, we all do a freshman writing seminar course, and Ali was in a really cool class about (laughs) Star Wars, and final paper was about how star wars i guess 
fits into a lot of like orientalist types of tropes and stuff i mean he'll talk more about it is that accurate sort of (laughs) yeah so yeah like the title of my essay is galactic orientalism and i mean it's funny because so i guess i should start with what orientalism kind of is Uh, so in this class obviously it was really fun we got to watch a lot of star wars movies but we also read a lot of like theory by uh like people like france fanon albert camus um and Edward Said, the author of the theory of Orientalism that I eventually used to write my essay. And so basically what uh, he describes as Orientalism is this idea of an imaginary place called the Orient that is kind of based, but not really based on like what like uh, European uh, or basically like Europe's like interactions with the Middle East or what is considered the Orient uh, from like, Europe for like North America's perspective kind of um I mean eventually you could also expand that like definition to include East Asian too and I and that there is actually instances um of, of in which like orientalism does play into like these tropes about East Asia in Star Wars too but um uh I I I coming from Egypt and the Middle East chose to like kind of focus on like what was what what was more like familiar with me and like just like how like uh i saw like these like specific tropes or stereotypes being like reproduced within uh the medium of star wars and it's um and it's something that uh, edward said like outlines has been going on for quite some time whether it's like in um like even before movies like it's like in 18th and 19th century paintings by european like artists and like they're like sh- showing a specific uh a depiction of like uh, Middle Eastern or, or culture society that eventually gets being imported back into Europe and so informs Europe's understanding of like this like culture as being in that specific way which is usually not in the best of light or even if it's not even if it is considered like nice or whatever like we all know like stereotypes are bad whether they're positive or negative and so they can be detrimental in like confining our understanding of who people are how they interact in that specific way so yeah yeah so just so i'm trying to understand Mm -hmm. essentially like so the middle east is a real place it is a real real place (laughs) the orient is the way in which it is imagined through european lenses essentially perfectly explained in one sentence (laughs) way better than i could (laughs) So, and the the importance of, like, understanding what Orientalism is. So, like, as, as you explained, it informs how people viewing these regions that are labeled the Orient. Like, so, so their impressions of these places and ultimately how they interact with these places and people from these places, too. And I think that speaks to your answer about, you know, why stories are important, because they they impact you know how how we envision the world and how we move about in the world so i think that's really interesting i think you explained that really well aside from the fact that you were in a star wars class like why i I guess how did the the idea of the paper to investigate orientalism within star wars how did that occur is that something that you have been thinking about for like a really long time like were you already like were you a star wars fan or not a fan but 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I was a Star Wars fan. I, I mean, I love Star Wars and I watched it like growing up, obviously not as closely as I ended up watching it in that class because it was a media studies class. And so I think it was like really through that class, like there was an intentional like um, effort to make us kind of like be able to see past just like the enjoyment or entertainment of like the medium we consume. I mean, it's not just Star Wars. I would be unfair to just like put (laughs) Star Wars under the bus, but it is a Star Wars like themed class. So that's what we were like kind of using as our like uh, interlocutor kind of to kind of think about these things. And so for that, I guess we should also be thinking Star Wars <laughs> but yeah it, it, it was it was a way kind of to practice like being able to spot out these kind of things you know I mean when I, my, my first time actually reading Orientalism was in that class and like all, it, it like this this specific understanding might be something like people might have like noticed like I mean growing up like I kind of mentioned this at the end of the essay like I, I grew up after like the, the infamous like Paris bombing and we all like changed our profile pictures to like represent like France and France's flag and standing in solidarity with France but then at the same time there were so many like attacks and bombings happening in other places around the world and one that actually happened like the very next day and I think it was Beirut in Lebanon but it didn't really uh, like receive as much attention and so it's things that like this like that like questions like this that arise it's like why when we look look at it from like this orientalist like lens we can kind of understand oh okay this makes sense now like some some so there is this kind of understanding that oh maybe it it is expected that Lebanon is the stereotypically or like the Middle East is a part of like the Middle East which is stereotypically considered to be a place for bombings whereas somewhere like France or Paris is not supposed there there aren't supposed to be bombings in that place and so that's why it's a lot more shocking which I mean not to get too political but also kind of like resonates with our current like uh time where we're kind of seeing what's happening in Ukraine and the difference in like the news and media kind of coverage of the war in Ukraine versus other wars that have been happening in other places across the world for a long time now and how that subsequently like translates into how like refugees from these areas are treated as well which has been like pretty sad but unfortunately it kind of just comes to like show how like these stories uh, and these narratives that like are created around these actual places even if it's in a fictional story or fictional story inspired by these places affect our real world you know yeah no that's super insightful and definitely super super relevant (laughs) um as it probably will be for for many years to come so which is definitely why it's important that we do work like this um and think think through these things i guess moving on then to your to your actual paper mm-hmm. let's just talk about some of the ways in which you found orientalism in star wars <laughs> yeah so yeah this is kind of like the interesting part i mean um like uh, uh before like i mean it doesn't get that much representation in like especially western media and so whenever there is kind of some representation or kind of some similarity, I would always like be interested as like, oh, wow, that's super interesting. But I never like thought of like the positive or negative like implications of this representation until that class. And so like when I see like a water pipe with uh, like uh, s- uh, like somebody like um, J- like Jabba the Hutt, you know, he was like when in that like infamous scene of like, like when he had like Leia as hostage, 
I was like, oh, wow, yeah, he's drinking a water pipe with the stuff we have back home, you know? But then after doing some research, I found that it was actually like very similar, like the, the whole like kind of scene was very similar to this, like, uh, I think it was like a 19th century painting that was uh, of, a, of a, a European painting, like kind of inspired by like uh, Ottoman, like uh, Sultan with his harem around him or something, smoking like that same water pipe. And so it's kind of in these parallels that like we see that, like that's like that's one instance of like orientalism where it's like kind of uh, like uh, showing like this culture as kind of like you know in a negative like because you know I don't think anybody would argue Jabala was a good guy <laughs> no I mean even if he was a good guy I think like I mean I didn't know the water pipe was like a thing um I'm still like I can kind of picture it in Star Wars but I have no I don't know what that is like in in our world. Yeah, it's but... like the shisha or the hookah if you've ever seen it. Like the it's like literally a water pipe. But, oh, oh, you know, okay. like a smoke. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so that's really interesting. Just the fact that they're using these things and like that's kind of like the setting, and that the person who's ultimately doing it is like a giant gangster slug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like you know I don't. Uh, not that I know how to like do representation of this place well because I'm not mm-hmm. you know from from the same place that you are from mm-hmm. so like I can't comment on that I can only criticize yeah. <laughs> the things that seem like really to be just you know extreme cases of orientalism mm-hmm. but I definitely think yeah like the so it's it's also like the characters who are you know using certain cultural things and in certain situations that you need to look at too that's really interesting though yeah i mean another like uh kind of uh straightforward uh, like instance uh, which is like the tuscan raiders or like how they were first initially like referred to as just the sand people and you know (laughs) like i think i think that it, it isn't a coincidence that like the underdeveloped or like backward like uh, settings of star wars happen to be like the desert planet of tatooine versus where it's like open market like bazaars kind of you know where it's like uh, a marketplace inspired by like kind of like the middle eastern like markets uh, or like oriental like scenes of uh, or what like the orientals would imagine is like a middle eastern market and i mean there's also the fact that tatooine's like the actual real life setting a film setting was in Tunisia (laughs) like yeah I wanted to ask about that because yeah I mean I I think you can definitely see like I I think the the point about the desert and like you know Mm -hmm. what images does that evoke for like westerners like Mm -hmm. you know where we don't really do we don't have too many deserts and certainly not in the way that it's like represented in Star Wars Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that was really interesting but I wanted yeah I wanted to ask about the fact that it was like actually filmed in Tunisia um and I love that you mentioned that so like how I mean I guess is that important I mean for most people watching you probably don't even realize like oh it's Tunisia so I'm just curious about the impact of that yeah I mean like when I when I first found out it was in Tunisia before reading Orientals I was like oh wow like they came all the way to Tunisia to film it it's like authenticity or whatever but then that's the question. What is the authenticity they're trying to like capture? You know, uh, like I can't remember the exact quote, but I remember at like one point it's like Tatooine is described as like uh, 
place for like thugs or something the like that. Hive you know? of scum and villainy. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, so this is the authentic place of like uh, scum and villainy. You know what I mean? And so like, if you're like going to film t- uh, in like Tunisia or whatever, like Middle Eastern Arab Oriental quote unquote country, and you want to like use that setting to like, you know, like make some kind of like story that doesn't like have to be negative, you know, like, it's always in mm. the negative, which is the disturbing part, unfortunately. And it like makes us subconsciously assume like these negatives with those places, Tatooine and Tunisia and the whole Middle East just become like a place where you expect thugs and villains or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like with Coruscant, it's almost always like, at least in the movies, we always mm. see this nice shiny coating to it. With yeah. like a quick exception of like when they go into the, into the like, underground bar place where like obi-wan is almost sold death sticks but like <laughs> that was quick and even that was like nicer and not described as in like the same way and it was like you know like the jedi yeah. could go and like feel reasonably safe yeah <laughs> whereas like tatooine it's like no this is like the the hype of some villain. <laughs> yeah that's really interesting i mean definitely like i'm just imagining like you know, if New York City, like, the only films about it were, like, oh, this horrible, like, these are where shooting <laughs> happened, and, like, someone was just pushed into the subway, and, like, but those were the only stories about it. Yeah. So, we, and obviously, like, that's not the case for New York, because we get all, like, this representation, and, like, this, you know, people who live there making movies and showing, like, this good side to it, um, yeah. which, you know, it, it, it has many, like, wonderful sides and, like, bad sides, too. But that's like yeah. not what we're getting with. We're not even getting like dynamics with Tatooine and stuff. It's literally just like, oh, it's it's bad. Yeah, and which is like, yeah, which is like the problem. Like, I mean, I I also kind of mentioned this in like the essay, like to go back to the Tuscan Raiders. Like, if there was like some kind of like character development, even for or like or like not character development, but like you know, like kind of backstory to why they're like going around like killing people, I guess or kidnapping like (laughs) Anakin's mom you know and so it's just like it reinforces this kind of like notion that oh these people are like just illogical irrational beastly people you know and so like I mean I talk about this specifically also in the essay about like the instance where Anakin like ends up like taking revenge on like the Tuscan raiders that like kidnap his mom or I think they end up killing her too yeah by yeah yeah by like killing like he, I, I think the exact quote was like yeah I killed them all even the women and children and it's like I yeah I, and I think like I, I mentioned like this uh this specific point to you because it was like really really powerful it's like uh like yeah he mentioned he, he he killed the the women and children but it wasn't like viewed as like as dark or as evil as when he eventually ends up killing like the children and like the uh, like the jedi children the jedi human children like during like the execution of uh of the yeah. order I, i'm blanking on the order number right now the, the, oh order 66 yeah order 66 yeah yeah that's it <laughs> yeah that's kind of crazy like this is so that that scene of like him killing the tuscans the sand people like that is yeah. a step to becoming evil yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> killing the you know the the jedi younglings the people who grew up in Coruscant, that yeah. is like definitively evil exactly and it's like it, it, it like it literally is putting 
like a higher value on the life of some people than the life of others like in the show and you can see how that can translate also in like real world situations where like like i mean again not to like go back to ukraine but it's like i i don't know if you've seen the news people are like oh these aren't just refugees from syria they're not used to like war these are like civilized quote unquote civilized european people with blonde hair and it's like what do you mean by that you know i, I think I that mean, was i think there was one newscaster i've been following like on msnbc on the rachel maddow show and like they've been doing a yeah. great job i think there was mm-hmm. they were showing clips of like other newscasters like talking about that. <laughs> and there was one yeah. person who was like no these ones are like us yeah. <laughs> it's like really so like the people yeah. like fleeing war in like syria whose like homes have been destroyed like who who have their kids like in their arms like they're mm-hmm. they're not like us like yeah <laughs> and what's even funnier is a lot of these people fleeing war in syria are also fleeing like the jets of russia whether it's like in aleppo and so like russia is actively attacking syria too but like people don't see those parallels unfortunately and it's really sad yeah i mean even within like ukraine itself if you look at yeah. like the refugees too they have all those stories. I think there was like an Indian student who was like, "Yeah, I was like turned back." Yeah, yeah, I heard a, about that. Not a white Ukrainian. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's just crazy. And you know, I mean, maybe you can't ask the border guards and be like, "Oh, so like, how did Star Wars influence your decision?" <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, you know, the ways there's the ways in which media and Star Wars is a part of that. It's like you know, all stories mm-hmm. about the world even fictional worlds like they'll they'll impact mm-hmm. how you view people essentially yeah yeah i mean a lot of times they also end up like reproducing the power dynamics of our real world whether subconsciously or otherwise you know so that's i think that's why like i mean when like if, if we're like gonna think about like how to create uh, like fictional worlds in the future i'm i think I mean, I'm, not, I'm no, like, creative writer or whatever, <laughs> but I think it would be really helpful to try and think about, like, these power dynamics that are in this world and maybe, like, try to, like, be conscious of not reproducing them within our stories and maybe trying to maybe even, like, you know, upturn them by, like, you know, maybe instead of the desert being the place for thugs, it can be the place of prosperity, you know? Like, I, I don't see why that can't be so. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And certainly, like, so in in the stories we've been workshopping, which, I mean, Ali, you haven't been reading them, but for the listeners, yeah. you know, there's definitely, on my part, like, a push to kind of change gender roles, like, in that story. Um, and, like, what even gender is. And, like, there's one society mm-hmm. that's, like, oh, like, women are the smaller like lighter people who can walk safely on this like treacherous landscape without like collapsing underneath them Mm -hmm. um so but but that can as as you just said ali like you can also think of (laughs) society in like new ways like you know making the desert like this this wonderful like idyllic place that's you know working for everyone in your Mm -hmm. story so you're you're definitely not confined to like what exists yeah and that's the beauty of fiction (laughs) yeah which is crazy it's just so crazy to think that like star wars which is like this just out there place with aliens and spaceships and things Mm -hmm. 
you know has has places like Tatooine and like <laughs> reproduces these things in our own world. Like when you you so don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there any other like element of Orientalism in Star Wars that you wanted to talk about or? Well, yeah, I mean, I just go through a few instances that I see. And, like, I mean, I also, like, talk a little bit about, like, how there are, like, reproductions of power dynamics within the Star Wars universe itself. Like, um, something, like, I call speciesism, where, like, Chewbacca, for example, is treated a lot worse than all the other, like, humans. And so there's some this kind of, like, <laughs> power dynamic where, like, there's a hierarchy of, like, species that humans seem to, like, occupy, like, the highest. Um, position within that hierarchy and it's just interesting again like yeah kind of like what we were talking about how like even in this world like we can't really escape like these hierarchies and like yeah like when is this I remember like really like vividly is like when yeah I like everybody is like uh, being awarded by Leia for like blowing up the Death Star (laughs) you know like and I mean Chewbacca's been there like everybody else but he doesn't get a medal and I was just like <laughs> really sad for Chewbacca when I saw that <laughs> which is crazy he's been in that fight for like 200 years yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. no medal and I think too there's something to be said just about the fact that all the main characters are human I mean I get that that's like you know technology and like you know you can only do so much with prosthetics but like you have Chewie and yet he's still like the sidekick and people are like, oh, he's like the nice like dog on the side <laughs> character. It's like, oh yeah. He's a no, he's like an engineer. Like he he knows what he's doing. He's he's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really interesting. So I guess my final thought, um, and we'll we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. When you're watching Star Wars, I mean, yes, like it's it's fun just to like watch and be entertained, but like, is there anything that we should be watching out for like as viewers like is there a way to consume media um in a way that we're like more aware of some of these issues and being like more you know more critically responsive to the media that we're consuming yeah i mean that it is a hard like i like i told you like before reading orientalism kind of like taking notice of this stuff i i didn't really think about it a lot and i mean I don't know, like, that's, like, something that, like, and everybody can just do, but something I do kind of, like, think is important is to just kind of, like, always think about, well, how do I know what I know? Like, just in general, like, regardless of, like, you know, like, watching this or otherwise, like, you know, like, oh, if I know that, for or if I think I know that, for example, the desert is an inhospitable, you know, like, place or whatever, it's like, well, why? Why do I know? Why do I think that? And could I be wrong? You know, I think that's like kind of at least that's what I try to do in like my life, you know, like just trying to approach things with like, oh, could there be another perspective out there? And like, I mean, yeah, like all honest, honestly, like just when watching to enjoy something, like as long as we are aware of like, like the power dynamics in the real world, if we do end up being able to see like, some kind of like mirroring in these fictional like stories that we consume it would be cool to like kind of like take note of that and maybe like call it out even if you have to but if not just you know just to keep it in the back of our head so that it doesn't 
influence our understanding of the real world too much. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a wonderful point. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed like being on the show and being able to talk about the essay. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I, I remember talking about the essay and it was just really fun to discuss. And I think you did, from what I remember, I haven't read it in like four years at this point. Yeah, no, I'm impressed that you still remember so much from it after that. Like, I barely remember what I wrote. (laughs) It was fun. I just, I wish that I got in that class. Yeah, no, I feel like you would have loved that class. I mean, I definitely enjoyed the class and I really enjoyed like writing the essay too. Like I enjoyed like being able to like try to rewatch the movies kind of looking out for these like things and so yeah like maybe that's something like uh the listeners at home could try to do too you know like just kind of rewatch star wars or whatever their favorite kind of sh- uh, childhood show is and kind of like see where like these power dynamics of our world are recreated and where they might be or where there is possibility to kind of upend them <laughs> yeah Absolutely. And also, I mean, if you want to continue like learning about Tatooine, um, because that is featured like so much in the Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett. And I haven't, I haven't seen those shows. Like I've seen clips from them. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the Tusken Raiders are like super prominent. So for, you know, everyone listening, like, I mean, it's not just in the, in the movies, like see maybe the show's, I don't know how they represent it. And like, I don't know who mm-hmm. the, what the writing rooms are like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely something to think about as you watch like these new shows. Um, and you can also just see like, you know, compare the, the shows and the movies and see that like potentially Orientalism like hasn't really changed that much. Not potentially. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think it has changed that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it it will give you like a clear view of like, oh, the media that's produced today, as well as, you know, what was produced in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I should go back and watch The Mandalorian too now and see. Just give me six weeks until I graduate. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have all the time in the world to watch everything. <laughs> yeah. No, right now I'm sure you're busy. So I want to ask mm-hmm. about the book it's a book that people can like actually go and buy yeah yeah so it it was like published in actually 2020 during the pandemic <laughs> which is funny but yeah it, it's actually a really interesting book like it um it's a, it's an anthology of like a bunch of other essays from like the star wars class so you'll find like a lot of essays not just fine <laughs> but yeah like they're um they're kind of split up into parts and so there's one part about rebellion another part about feminism third part about racism which you'll find my essay in and then the fourth part is uh, about the subaltern and the fifth part is actually about the gothic too and so you'll find all of that like w- related to star the star wars universe in there and so yeah i guess i should also give the name of the book <laughs> it's called post-colonial star wars essays on empire and rebellion in a galaxy far far away edited by matthew schultz our professor mm-hmm.